uh, me going to Singapore every almost every summer break for the first three years of med school um, to do like a surgical attachment. And then you did this in Johor, like the step two B. No, part two of step two, um, you have to. There's only five centers in the U.S. that you can sit for it. So I flew to um, California. Two days after our masters, I think. Right. So during my final exams, the last like one month, I was actually um, watching, binge watching all 10 seasons of Friends because I didn't have to study for finals at all. I am more qualified than you. <laughs> yeah, because I missed out on a month, so I'm still provisionally registered. What up, guys? Wenyang here. Welcome back to yet another episode of the Doc Whisperers. Today, you're going to hear a conversation between me and Olivia. She is currently a surgical resident intern in America. She was a foundation doctor in the UK and she did her med school in Malaysia. So just let her inspire you and show you what it takes to be successful in this field. I personally definitely felt inspired just after having this conversation with her. So do enjoy. You've lived in Johor majority of your life from like from birth till university pretty much yeah till the end of med school school. and then from med school you went to uh one year in the uk for your foundation training and where was that yeah about 10 months ish oh only 10 months you didn't finish the whole foundation no i did not finish the whole um foundation year because we have orientation for a month here so i had to leave like the program early Right. Two months early, I think. So, yeah. Okay. How has it been, like, the, the past six months? Stressful because there's obviously, like, a big change in terms of, like, healthcare system, um, trying yeah. to get used to things again. But in terms of, like, moving to a new country-wise, it's not as tough as when I first moved to the UK. So, because that was the first time I'm actually moving away from home, right? Yeah. Um, but in, in, in terms of work, it's tough because, like, you're not just... So we're still an intern here as a first year, but you're actually like a surgical trainee as well, a proper trainee. So there's a lot of expectations and stuff. Back in the UK, it was just like trying to learn how to manage patients and all that. But here it's more like, it's very academic. Um, so you have to study like papers and all that. You have to sit for exams, surgical exam every year. So you have to study for that. Also, you have to like prep for cases in the OR. I think that's like probably the most difficult for me because it's not that easy to read about like the technical aspects of a surgery yeah yeah so like the the position that you're in right now is that a similar one that someone from med school in the u.s once they graduate is that the exact same thing that you're doing yes okay okay because they don't do like rotations after med school they go straight straight into into their specialties right yeah uh, so what is your title there, like surgical intern? It's it's basically like for them, it's um, the system is four years of med school. Afterwards, it's like a residency. Mm-hmm. Um, for surgery, it's like five years. General surgery is five years. And then afterwards, you do like fellowships, um, basically like subspecialty training, something like that. So the first year resident is always like the intern. They're right. known as intern as well, so it's like used interchangeably between like a first year resident and an intern. I yeah. see. 
But then after the second year, will you still be considered an intern or just a resident? No, just a resident. Yeah, intern is just uh, the first year. Okay, yeah. but That's like, okay. so are the expectations on you a lot higher compared to like an F one? Yes, I feel I feel I feel that way. Um, I don't know if it's just like uh, related to culture or because you're like a formal um, surgical trainee. Because as an FY one. Um, or at least from what I've experienced is that everyone knows that you're new. They teach everything from like step one, from the beginning, from the basics. So if you know how to close the skin, if you know how to do like deep dermos and all that in the OR, um, in the UK, they think that you're good. Yeah. Whereas here it's like it's expected for you to know all those stuff, even yeah. as an intern. So they would have uh, learned it in med school then. Yeah, I think. Because of the way med school is for them, they sit for their finals and all that, like the steps, by the end of third year. So the fourth oh. year for them is like the last year is like electives. So you've already set your goals. Your pathway is set already. Like in fourth year, you'll be only doing surgical yeah. stuff, for example. Yeah. So like their whole electives is doing like um, surgical rotations. That's why they're really good in terms of like OR skills and all that. Right. So, I have so at the moment, like you have like too. no zero medicine at all. Yes. Zero wow. <laughs> Is that something that you always wanted? Like, not to come in with bother with this internal med nonsense? Um, well, I actually don't mind a bit of medicine. I guess because like, when you come from like a UK-based training and all that, medicine is always important. So I don't mind a bit of it. Like, definitely do not want to do like a medical sort of um, job, career, long term. Yeah. But I don't mind a bit of like medicine mixed into like patient care and all that. So when I was in the UK, my rotations was HPV surgery for four months, um, anesthesia and ICU. Um, that was supposed to be four months. And I was supposed to do infectious diseases, which is my medical rotation, mm. um, plus the acute medical unit, AMU, right? Um, but because of COVID, so I stayed on in ICU. Um, I think for about six, seven months. So I missed out on my medical rotation. So that's what I was most disappointed about. Because I feel right. like I would have been able to manage patients better on if the You floor, had a bit of a ward. medical side, lah. Yeah. So, but damn, your rotations but, are fantastic, though. I know. That's why I chose that particular like rotation. It's like medicine, surgery, and then anesthesia as well. That's so good. Mine yeah. were absolute trash, man. My rotation was <laughs> so bad. I started in freaking Wait, A and E. Oh, <laughs> I, I started A and E. It's fun, but like coming from med school straight away to A and E, and like my A and E is the second busiest in the country, so it's a freaking oh. war zone, man. I'm like, nah. And then I went to gastro, which is another hell yeah. on earth situation. <laughs> um, and then we didn't rotate, so I did gastro for eight months. Oh gosh, it's, that's it's, it's terrible. It's absolutely terrible. Did you always like? I know you did all the exams in med school, right? All like the US yeah. and LA things. So you always had this was always the part of the plan to end up in the US. No, so um, so when we were talking about like my since like med school and all that my experience, right? We actually missed out on. Me going to Singapore every almost every summer break for the first three years of med school um, to do like a surgical attachment. So right. three four months per year, um, especially during my first two years. So I actually do have a bit of experience in terms of like Singapore healthcare as well. 
So my first two years of med school, the plan was always to train in Singapore because um, surgical training there is great as well. But then afterwards, during our third or fourth year, I think there's a bit of talk about how people can actually go to the UK now. Um, so then changed my plans, wanted to go to the UK. And during our fourth year, we were doing electives and stuff, right? So I've always known that I want to do surgery, but not sure what type of like subspecialty you're in. So my electives, first elective was in the A&E and I quite liked the environment. So I was thinking if I don't do surgery, I'll quite like, like doing A&E as well. And then that's when I found out that there's this thing called trauma surgery, which does not mm. exist in Malaysia or in the UK. So I was trying to find out like where can I actually like maybe experience trauma surgery and all that. So that's when I found out that in the US, Australia, I think in South Africa as well. So uh, And you did... Um USMLE is three parts, right? Yeah, it's it's like in general three parts, but step two is like divided into two parts. So two A, two B, for example. Kind of like four, yeah. Okay. So kind of yeah. Is it all um, paper based? Is there any practical components to it? So step one is like um, a computer exam, paper based ish. Um, so step one is more like basic science. Yeah. Step two, the first part of step two, um, known as clinical knowledge, is probably something like our final exam. Okay. I think it's more like clinicals, but also written paper. Um, and then part two of step two is like clinical skills. So you go there in person and it's sort of like our Mosler's, I think. Right. Mosler's or OSCEs, I think. And then you did this in Johor? Like the step 2B? No, part 2 of step 2, um, you have to... There's only 5 centers in the US that you can sit for it. So I flew to um, California. Two days after our Mosler's, I think. Oh, wow. The dedication. <laughs> yeah. Fantastic. Yeah. Step 3, I have not set for yet. Because I have a surgical exam coming up in January. I'm just going to plan to sit for it after. Because this um, surgical exam is more important for me now. Okay. So, so to, um, for, I know a couple of med students from US. Uh, they, they use USMLE as their final exams, right? Yes, just the USMLEs. Yeah. So, it's, so every med school in the country uses the same exam? Yeah, but they also have additional, like, I think, rotation-based exams. Not too sure about that because we, as internationals, we don't have to sit for it. Okay. Was it very expensive, the exams? Yeah, um, I think the exams itself cost almost a thousand US dollars. Combined uh, lah? No, each step. <laughs> each step okay. is like almost a thousand US dollars. Um, but the thing is, that's, that's not it. That's, I mean, it's not just the exams itself. You have to do lots of practice questions because step one is very tough. So I spent, I think, a thousand five hundred on the practice exams itself. Mm. Um, so, yeah. I, I need to ask, man. Like, what, what the heck is motivating you to to work so hard for all these things? Because this is a lot of effort, money, time. Yeah. What What the heck is motivating you? Mainly because I want to do trauma surgery and lots of like personal um, stuff as well. Okay, so th- yeah. that, that's enough for you to really push you through. La. Wow, that's amazing. Yeah. I like feel I've, like I've such a sloth actually... next to you. 
Well, I feel like different people have different career goals and all that. Yeah, for sure. Um, for I don't know sure. about yours. I know you said like no clinicals, right? Yeah, Not no, I'm yeah. I, I'm purely going to the management side of things. <laughs> More yeah. like public health and all that. Uh, so I'm doing my master's in public health and health management at the moment. Okay. Um, but mainly, I'm more focused towards the health management side. The public health is just to additional knowledge to, I mean, just help out here and there, job-wise or whatnot. Yeah. But I'm thinking more towards managing health systems, possibly hospitals yeah. in the future. Um, yeah. I, I can't Improving see myself. Improving like healthcare systems. Yeah, yeah. That's the dream that's and the good. goal. Yeah. That's good. Because um, definitely needs improvement. I don't know about Australia, but like everywhere else that I've worked, uh, yeah. There's always room for improvement, so yeah. Wow. Anyways, um, sorry, I'm just being shocked. I'm shocked by the amount of work that you put in. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, lots of hard work. But I guess for me, because I decided quite late into med school, um, a lot of hard work, but within a short amount of time, so it's not too bad. Right. Like, I know people spend years and years. Uh, for me, it was just like during the final year of med school, so that was fine. Was studying like for USMLE, did it help med school? Like your UK-based med school? Oh yeah, because like um, I sat for step 1, 2, CK and CS all during my final year of med school. So that's essentially like the whole of med school in like three exams. Right. So during my final exams, the last like one month, I was actually uh, watching, binge watching all 10 seasons of Friends because I didn't have to study for finals at all. Because so, <laughs> I've basically been studying for the whole year of final year. While everyone's Except been, you know, life. stressing out. You out here watching Friends. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yep. So, so um, comparatively, like, USMLE is definitely way harder than like finals exam, final exams. Uh, yeah, for me anyway. But first try lah, everything, yeah, no problem. <laughs> it's good. So, uh, when you ask about motivation, I think one of it is, once you have paid for the exams, right. you know that you have paid like a thousand, two thousand US dollars, and you're like, I can't give up now. Yeah. As well. So, like, before you actually pay for it, you need to think very carefully, but I've already paid for it. So, but then like, two thousand does not end there because each step is like the same as well so and then you needed to fly there which is additional cost again yeah Gosh. <laughs> do you think it was worth it yeah it is definitely worth it because like i'm doing what i want right now uh nice. it's tough trying to get used to the system still there's always much to learn but at least like i'm not spending two three years managing patients only managing patients on the floor on the wards yeah. I'm actually getting into the OR, trying to learn and all that. Is the pathway like in US way faster than compared to UK? So because I did my med school in like the UK based system. So after high school, did A-levels and then five years of med school. So going into the US system after is definitely faster for me. But if you're actually comparing between someone in the UK system and in the US system since like med school and all that, it's about the same amount of time because here they have to do like an undergrad um, diploma degree, I think, for... Oh, because med school years. is post-grad, right? Yes, so yeah. then four years of uh, med school before going to residency training and all that. So right. for them to get an MD 
degree takes longer time, like seven, eight years. But in terms of post-med school training, it's shorter. So like right. seven years in total, not including research. But in the UK, um, I think getting into med school and like graduating from med school takes shorter time. But the training after is like 10 years. Yeah. Years. But yeah. I'm very curious about um, life as a doctor, like in America, as a, as a surgical resident. What's the day-to-day life like? Day-to-day life. Um, in my institution, we work six days a week uh, if you're on days. And you work five nights a week if you're on night float. And you have probably like six to eight weeks of night float. And our hours are really standard, like five to six. So if you're on days, 5 a.m. to 6 p.m. If you're on nights, 5 p.m. to 6 a.m. So if you're on days, Sundays through Fridays, 5 a.m., Sometimes you get to go home early as well. There's not much going on. Um, like there's no surgeries and all that and your floor work is done. But if you're on nights, definitely you have to cover because no one's around at night. Sorry. Um, so 5 p.m. to 6 a.m. So every day for me, I wake up at like 2, 2.30 a.m. just to like read out my cases and all that. Um, study a bit. And then I get to the hospital around 4.30 a.m. Um, I start driving at 4 plus and then arrive at 4.30. Because it's good to arrive a bit earlier before 5, right? Just so you can take the pager off the night person so the night person does not have to stay an extra hour. And then I go home around 5-ish p.m. once the night person arrives. That's all I do really. And then I go home. Absolute madness, man. This is like... (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. What was like the most difficult thing for the transition? You said, you mentioned before it was quite difficult to transition. Um, But was it like culturally or or work-wise? I think it's work-wise because I've spent a year in the UK. I'm kind of used to the UK system. Mm. So um, when I was doing things based on like the UK system from what I know, I realized it doesn't work here. Like for example, the hours for a registrar is almost the same as FY1 as well, I think. They do shift works 12 hours, three or four days a week, right? Mm. Um, When they're on call. So there's always someone in-house, someone in the hospital at night. So if you, have, if you have trouble with like managing patients on the ward and all that, you can always call someone. They have to be awake for 12 hours anyway because they go home and sleep um, after. But here is different. Um, they work Monday to Friday, regular hours. So if they have surgery start at 7.30 here, so they'll be here at like 5, 6 to round on like patients on the floor. And then depending on what time surgeries end, uh, usually they go home just slightly before five and all that. Again, depending on the surgeries, um, but they are also in uh, responsible for DR patients overnight. Mm. So if any of the patients get sick, they get called in and they have to turn up and see the patient, right. and they'll still be in the hospital at five six a.m. the next day. So it's essentially like they are almost like working from Monday 5am till Friday 5pm and if you're on call so they rotate weekend calls if you're on call you're on call the whole weekend doesn't matter whether it's days or nights and then your call ends at 5am Monday morning but you're still at work 5am Monday morning because you have your own patients right so like it's so different I did not know this was their work hours. So 
so I think my first night I was uh, so July first is when we start, right? My first day I was on nights looking after transplant patients, which are like super sick, and vascular patients. Vascular patients is like um, when ED patients come with vascular problems, especially like aortic problems and all that. You panic a bit more. <laughs> yeah, and also like sure. the um, limb ischemia and all that. So uh, my first night on call, um, there was ED page me saying that there's a patient with co-limb ischemia bilaterally. So the first thing I did was call the fellow, and then they were like, "Okay, um, go see the patient and then let me know." So I spent two hours seeing a patient because that was my first time like seeing a patient here, right? Also, we don't see referrals as an as an FY one. Yeah, we don't. Yeah. Yeah, so um, two hours seeing the patient before calling back, and I just realized that the fellow has just been like waiting for me to call back for two hours, and has to be back here <laughs> at five a.m. the next day. So that was bad. Um, oh, but no. like they are really nice in general because they know it's like our first couple of weeks, my first day even. So they're nice about it. But then I realized that that was actually really bad. Yeah. yeah. So now I know I'll go see the patient first, and then so that when I call them, it's only like fifteen minutes talking through the plans and all that, and then they can go back to sleep. So yeah. Yeah. yeah I mean, it's yeah. so hard for you. You never, you never did med school there. This is completely new environment. That's crazy. Yeah. Taking referrals or more. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Seeing, um, seeing referrals and all that. How's the culture though? Like the work culture. I think. The fact that I can't really explain is because it's very program specific. Right. Because they work hours and all that is not really standardized here. Like for us, we don't do twenty-four hour calls as an intern, but in other institutions, they do like every third night, uh, every third day, twenty-four hour calls. So it's all very program specific. My program specifically, like uh, my institution, they're very supportive. Because we work with like chief residents who actually have, well, chief residents have gone through like the whole process and they're all like really understanding, so very easily approachable at night. Any problems, we、we'll、just call them and then they'll pick up and let us know like what to do, things like that. And I think the one thing that's really good for us is that the program director made sure that we all have our days off on the same day itself. So all、oh. of us, like all of the interns, yeah. So even though we work like six days a week and all that, right? We all have most of us have Saturdays off, so that Friday night, like we can gather in like small groups. Obviously, small groups because of COVID. Mm. Mm. <laughs>、um, gather in small groups so that we can talk talk through the 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 week and all that, so that we actually know that it's not just us that's struggling. Like everyone else is going through the same thing. So in that sense, it's like it's really good. So、um, I don't know if you know about this whole like categorical and preliminary thing in the US. No, never even heard so, of. The categorical spot is like the ideal like、um, actual training spot. So you do like five years of general surgery, categorical straight through, in this program. A preliminary resident is like three things. One is people who wants to do like a subspecialty training.、Um, so, for example, plastics, urology, even like interventional radiology, they have to do a year of general surgery. So they are not like an actual general surgery train、um, training.、Um, so prelim is like one or two years,、um, basically. Second thing is people who can't match into a categorical spot. Then they'll do a year of prelim first and try to match into categorical elsewhere. 
Third is for um, internationals, especially for people who ha- do not have experience in the US. So they, most of the time, they end up matching into a preliminary spot for a year first and try to reapply to the match, right? Um, to get a categorical spot after. Or if people drop out of like surgery, decide they don't, don't want to do surgery, then you fill in their spot. So that's what I'm doing right now, a preliminary year. Mm-hmm. And then I have to reapply to the match because I've never been the the US. So like, it's very tough to get into a categorical spot without experience. So I think for my program, there's 19 of us, six categoricals, which are like actual US graduates. And the rest of us are all like internationals. And did you choose this program specifically or it's just whatever that's available? Whatever is available. When I applied last year, I applied to all categorical spots like programs only. So that was 194 categorical programs that I applied to. Because my thinking was if I don't get a categorical spot, I might as well apply for training in the UK. Because once you're in a training program in the UK, you're definitely staying for the whole like training right yeah, yeah and if you get a categorical in the US that means that you are staying for the whole five years you're um, unless if you screw up basically you're definitely graduating as a surgeon prelim is very unsure so if you don't match into a categorical spot after you have to go back to wherever you were right so for me I only applied to one preliminary spot which is this program I chose this program only because they have a very good like match rate for their preliminary residence after. Okay. Yeah. What if you don't get your category spot? Um, if I don't get it, my plan is basically to um, go back to the UK. I might have to do like an extra month or two um, to finish up my like FY1 training um, so that I can get like a full GMC registration. Um, but since I've done like a year here, they might say that I might not need to do that and then try to apply for surgical training there. Um, so yeah, I like might- Like surgical training in UK? Yeah, call surgical training wow. in UK. Yeah. So I might be a year behind our peers if I go back to the UK. So hopefully I don't have to. I will not, like, for me, the most important thing is basically to stay in, like, surgery. I know some people who are, like, the most important thing is to stay in the US. So then they'll try to apply for, like, internal medicine as well. But for me, I won't stay if I don't get a surgical training spot. Okay. The things you learn in med school is, like, if this happens, do this. This happens, do this. But in reality, it's not like that at all. Yeah. You see the patient and there's a lot of different aspects that helps you come to like a decision in terms of management of patients. Correct. So um yeah, like med school, whatever you learn, it's 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 good in terms of like basic knowledge and all that, but it definitely does not help much in terms of making decisions. It's not realistic um, at all, right? Yeah. I learned yeah. like so much more in the first month of A and E than the five years in med school. Yeah. It was just a, just a, like so much knowledge that I realized I did not learn in med school at all. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like I don't know, like basic stuff. Um, I can't think of one now, but like really basic stuff. Like for us, it's always like um, hyperkalemia. What do you do? Then like you go through the steps and all that. But it's really not just that. Yeah. I don't know. Even things like trying to figure out the diagnosis at the same time and then lots of like paperwork what you need to do to like uh, preempt the management and all that 
just lots of different things really. Yeah. I think med school makes you a very, very safe, super safe doctor, but not yeah. necessarily a good doctor. Yeah. Because let's say you're hyperkalemia, right? You can follow the guidelines step by step. Yeah. You will, the patient will be fine, but it doesn't teach you to like find out what's causing the hyperkalemia, for example, to go yeah. down deeper. But you'll be very safe, huh? Yeah, yeah very safe. And like things, easy things like trying to coordinate with different members of the team as well. It's not just you alone managing hyperkalemia. Yeah. You need to make sure everyone is in on the plans and all that. Yeah. You need to know how to communicate with people. Like not just the nurses. Like sometimes if you need to get renal involved, that's not Yeah, yeah. Like, that was like, like oh. my, my, my job in UK, I was on the phone half the day. It's just like, okay, these patients need renal support, need ICU, need neuro. Okay, I need to coordinate all three of them. Let them know what's happening. I'm like, I'm the middleman for this. this how is my job? Yes, half the time in front of the computer and also like on the phone. It's funny because like there was once where I was on call. So um, I think during my third month on HPV surgery, um, they didn't have enough coverage for a senior house officer. Um, on surgical admissions so my registrar texted me the night before asking if I can cover like four days as a surgical house officer <laughs> on HPV surgery like on surgical admissions so I did that um, and it's a lot of like trying to call CT and all that because it's surgical admissions right a lot of diagnostic yeah. um, things going on so trying to call CT trying to call radiology and then trying to call the porter seeing when are you taking this patient um, drawing labs and like calling everyone basically and then in front of the computer, trying to follow up on scans, trying to like follow up on blood results, even things like updating the list. So um, one patient actually commented on me saying that I'm actually not doing anything the whole day. All I've been doing is just sit in front of the desk. That's when I realized that there's a there's like a public misconception of like what doctors do, especially yeah, yeah. interns. They think that we are always like seeing patients doing all this like heroic moves and all that trying to save patients all. lives yeah. but it's really a lot of work uh, going into like making calls uh, I'm like I feel like a ward clerk <laughs> I seriously well, man <laughs> ward clerk with a little bit of medical knowledge <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a little bit yeah. I guess the one thing that differentiates between a good like intern um, and one that's probably not as good as like trying to figure out the clinical aspects of it yourself as well. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't know how to explain that, but yeah. It's like, it's like um, just, coming out of your own plan. Yeah, instead of just blindly following what the senior tells you to, I guess. Yeah. But it takes, but that's the thing, the first couple of months, it's hard to do that because you're still trying to figure out the system. For you're sure, still trying for to figure sure. out how to put in orders and all that. So it's yeah. definitely difficult. Yeah. But you could like, you could make it you can survive F1, F2 without being very smart or being a very good doctor. <laughs> yeah, essentially. You, like, you could just es go through especially it. When, yeah, especially when everyone's like really supportive as well. Yeah. So like, as an F1 one, it's not just uh, putting in orders. I think this is very important because I did not realize this until a couple months into F1 one. It's not just putting in orders. It's not just telling, uh, doing whatever you're told. So if you're supposed to order a CT scan, if you're supposed to draw labs on a patient, you need to follow up on the results. Mm. If you, um, if for example, you um, speak to renal or whatever, you need to follow up on their recommendations. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's not, 
it's not just like following orders really yeah yeah um, but that's that's like you know taking initiatives on your part yeah which yeah. a lot of people don't really do lah Um, yeah, it takes time for them to like, because no one tells you these things in med school, right? Yeah. It's only yeah. when you're at work, and then afterwards your senior asks you, "So what do renal say? So what does a CT scan show?" And then you realize that, oh, these are things that I'm actually supposed to be doing. Yep. Yeah. No one, no med school does not prepare you for work. <laughs> yeah. Just not slight bit of yeah. knowledge, <laughs> and unnecessary brachial plexus knowledge I don't <laughs> maybe you use that more than I do but I, I never needed to yeah, yeah it's, it's, it's actually important um, for like surgery and all that yeah but in medicine you're like brachial plexus what <laughs> yeah yeah but in med school it's so difficult to try to learn things because like you don't use you don't put it into context um, whereas here I already have a patient that's why I'm trying to read up on the brachial plexus again yeah. or I learn from like the diagnosis first and then I learn back based on like anatomy and all that yeah but they try I mean med school they try really hard to do it like you know they try all this case based learning and stuff like yeah. that they try to fit it in but it doesn't work it's so unrealistic and you just yeah. you don't get it's, into it's, it yeah it's really hard to like um, to teach if there's no like clinical side of it I guess okay it's like 2am and I'm half asleep already <laughs> but thank you uh, thank you for calling Good uh, I appreciate the time we should still catch up again Good another time your life is just yeah. too interesting to not find out more yeah. about I feel I feel bad though I feel like all we have been talking about is just me that's all I want to know <laughs> <laughs> and I'm not talking about you at all my life is so boring I can summarize it in one sentence all I do is write assignments <laughs> no, it's not. It's just what you're doing now, but your plans and all that are so interesting. Though it's very different from what other people are doing. Like everyone yeah. else is like intern year, and then you apply to training, and they finish yeah. training, become consultant, look after patients. Like that's generally what everyone does. I can summarize not- it also very quickly for you. I um, <laughs> the the way that I I function as a human being, I'm quite yeah. I like to look at things in a macro perspective more than the micro. So, for example, uh, I, when I was working, I was like, "Oh, I'm treating one person only. I'm always treating just this one person." I felt very yeah. inefficient, and You're right. and like sy- systems management is one of my interests also. And I think there's there's so much that you could do in the hospital to improve things. Yeah, there's so much. Like, uh, most hospitals are run by freaking managers who have no medical backgrounds at all. Like that's not right. That's not right. Yeah. You don't know anything about this, so that's that's why I, I I felt um it's very it's very wishy washy, which is why I don't really like talking about it. It's super wishy washy. Like, oh, I want to do this. I want to do this, but how? How? I don't know. I, I haven't started working yeah, yet. Yeah, honestly, especially for your part, definitely do not teach in med school. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, but the thing is, I I I went to med school. Always knowing that I didn't want to do clinical work. Uh, yeah. Oh man, that must be tough then. Like yeah, having to go to. Med school was tough, man. Uh, that's why I was so happy oh. after F one. I'm like, I finally, I, I just wanted my my like registration. You know, I just wanted some form of registration. So I got okay. it. I'm like done. Woo, finally. I do not have it. I you don't do not have. have the, uh, yeah, yeah, no registration. Because yeah, I missed out on a month. What? I am more qualified than you. Yeah, because I missed out on a month, so I'm still provisionally registered. 
<laughs> oh my goodness. Uh, but yeah, I guess one one day we can we can we can catch up again lah when you are more free, yes. I guess. Um Yeah. But yeah, thanks for the call. It was really nice chatting. I hope you enjoyed that conversation and if you did, please share our podcast with your pals and follow us at the Doc Whisperers. Peace out.